0: Hello, and welcome to the True Purpose podcast. My name is Will Stewart, and I am founder of True Purpose Enterprises. We are a collection of businesses created to empower and promote future-proof enterprises that drive both happiness and success. On this podcast, our conversations will explore what it means to lead with True Purpose and why this is necessary for people, planet, and most crucially, profit. If you like inspiring stories of resilience, purpose, happiness, and biscuits, then your ears are in the right place. So, welcome to our guest. This episode may contain some fruity language, but I like fruity language, just a little warning. So, when I asked this week's guest uh, if he'd come on my podcast, I didn't actually think he'd say yes, Um, but fuck a doodle dandy, he said yes. It's a really exciting time because in May this year, he left Offended, or maybe was, he was sacked, I don't know, we'll find out. He departed Offended, the company founded, put everything into, um, and rather excitingly, he's currently loading his next bonkers idea, and his opinions are direct, honest, and authentic, which is very rare in marketing, and partly why I like the guy so much, even though we've never actually met, but I want to meet you at some point. Um, I have no idea if he'll tell us any secrets about his next gig, but if he does, it will probably help the ratings of the of the podcast, so fingers crossed and all that. I messaged him once uh, on LinkedIn and said, oh, you make me wish I was northern. That's how much... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is very northern. He only posts once a month on LinkedIn, yet yeah, he has 65,000 followers stroke worshipers on, on LinkedIn. So I get to call you a LinkedIn influencer, which I know you'll laugh at description like that. Um, but I'm sure you piss off the algorithm of regularly because the engagement is amazing. His mates with Mike Winnett, who's the fit one-off of using my own. <laughs> Dan should be a comedian. The, the relief of reading his posts and me chuckling like a little schoolboy got me through some very dark days running my business, particularly during the COVID time. You know, you, you could, he could be writing for Viz magazine with his with his sense of humour, but in my opinion, he is the greatest copywriter in marketing today. And Dan is someone I wish I could be more like. More, I don't know of a more honest person on social media than, than Dan. Really? So my guest this week is a total legend, my marketing hero, founder of Offended and co-founder of Views of My Own, Mr. Dan Kelsall. Welcome.
1: uh, That's probably the best intro I've ever had, mate. Get it. uh, Yeah, that was brilliant. Do do you want to read at my funeral? (laughs) Yeah, happy to do that. When is it? Is it it soon? It's probably pretty soon, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Given the the amount uh, I've abused my body over the years. Yeah, I mean, is this this going out on video as well? Yeah, we are recording video, but we're mainly doing audio. Yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd better touch on the fact that I'm sat in a kid's bedroom and I don't don't have kids.
0: You're going to have to qualify them.
1: It's a bit weird, yeah. i have not. i have not. You know, I'm. I'm. Um, I'm not a. have not snuck in someone's house, and I'm not a not a paedophile. This is. Um, this is my uh, girlfriend's mum's. No, wait. My girlfriend's sister's kids' room at her mum's, and it's the it's the only way of getting away. We've got we've got two dogs at home. We've got a little fat pug who's ten and got one <laughs> tooth. Stinks, and then we've got a little. Pomeranian as well but they're untrainable like I don't, I don't I don't care who you are I don't care you could be the you could be the best dog trainer in the world you are not training these two you just don't fucking listen right if you combine that with the fact that my missus gets about 25 Amazon deliveries a day
0: yeah.
1: it's impossible <laughs> to do a podcast mate I can't do a podcast that like has impossible um, <laughs> the, the Amazon delivery driver knows me but you know we have a chat every single day, mate. We, 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 I see more than I see my best friends That's a, I see that guy more than I see my missus yeah so we've
0: never met, but I, you know, I followed you for a long time on LinkedIn and, you know, so I feel like I know you or I know what, you, you know, what you're going to say. And also when I was talking to a guest for this podcast, I said to Sophie Milliken, who you know and I know, yeah. uh, and she described you as a good choice for the podcast, but that was sort of it. So I sort of, well, i take, okay, that, you know, that does mean yeah. he's going to be, he'll be a good guest. So I think it's going to be fun and a bit of educational. Yeah today so let's just start right so um you've had six weeks sat in a pub garden or a kid's bedroom or whatever you do when you're unemployed what's the secret plan? i mean i obviously run a business we you know we're almost eight years old and i know what you put into it and i can see from what you're posting what you put into it yeah. you know why why did you leave uh, or or you know what was the thinking and you know what's next
1: well, yeah, I mean, there was, there was, there was no, um, there was no scandal. Surprisingly, I, I didn't touch anybody. No, I didn't touch anybody inappropriately. I didn't say anything weird. Uh, you know, I wasn't sexist, ageist, racist, or any of the others that you get kicked out for. It came to the, to the, to the standard thing of a difference in direction, which often happens when you get when you got two business partners, and then you've got. When you bring other people up into senior management, it depends on which way that goes, and you can end up with a lot of people believing the same thing, and, and, and a minority believing another thing. And it was my belief that we shouldn't be going more corporate, because you know, as, as an example, we we, we worked with KFC. There was a there was an ad campaign I wrote, right, and this, and, and and there was an ad that ended up on the KFC homepage for, I don't know, probably a month, maybe, I, 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 you know, I'm not sure, but. Um, Everyone was like, "Oh, that's that's a brilliant ad." Can't believe it. you know you've, you've got an ad that you wrote it's on it's on KFC's homepage. You have got ads in all the KFC uh, restaurants, not fucking restaurants. Sorry, come on. And I was like, "But no, that's that, I'm not I'm not proud of that ad because that's not my ad. That's my ad that's been chewed up and spat out by a load of load of old, generally probably white people." Yeah, on boards and and marketing teams that have had all the all the spark kicked out of them by by clueless directors and things, and that's that's no offence to the people we work with in KFC, so you're all lovely people, but I I genuinely don't want to work with brands like that, and I, I, and it was their their opinion was that we should go more down that route because that's where the money is. Hence, if you've seen their new rebrand, it's kind of more akin to a lot of other agencies out there and a, a lot softer and a lot a lot well a lot less me. Yeah. I've never been a sellout, mate I don't sell myself I don't do this for that i don't do this for money I don't do this for recognition I don't do people do this so people can lick my ass because of who i've worked with i don't I don't you know monkeys um this this I'm in this industry because I love it, and I'm in this industry yeah. because I genuinely give a shit about bringing some interesting stuff back into this industry because there are very few people doing that much. That, that does stand out, or that is interesting, or that is changing the game at all, and and that was kind of why I got, got into it. And going in that direction feels uh, 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 it wasn't why I started offended in the first place. Basically, there's no hard feelings. There's no anything like that. I'm I'm, I'm just a big believer in when um what did Doctor Dre say when he left the uh, when he left death row? You know if uh if I feel if I feel like um if, if something doesn't feel right, doesn't feel like it's me anymore, I fuck off. But I'm not comparing myself to Doctor Dre. You know I'm a lot cooler.
0: I think it's it's you know I have a lot of admiration for walking away from something that yeah. you know has been such a such a success, and I, I I totally get it as well. We're talking about purpose here, and you know with you know two founders, right? I'm a sole founder. I'm really jealous of people that have a co-founder because yeah. they, they have someone else who just gets it, the pain, yeah. tears, some blood, everything else. But equally, with two founders versus three, you've got you know, two opinions that always, you, you know, somebody has to align. And as a business grows, Affinity has been so successful because, in my opinion, it was so authentic and so truthful and so different, you know. Mm-hmm. We talk about disruptors and how bastardized that word is now, but it was doing things that other people wish they would do but didn't have the balls because they're they're not able to. Yeah. And that was the edge it gave. And, of course, once a business grows up, once it gets bigger and you've got people, you know, it's not just you fucking around on a computer and, and coming out with your crazy ideas for social. You've got a big team there, got people who are relying on you to, you know, not, you know, do the right thing, win the right work. It becomes so much harder when you're scaling a business. Exactly. And for me, it's you know, it just seemed it was more about a difference in purpose. And, you know, your purpose, you, you briefly described it there, but you wanna I mean, what would you describe your purpose? Why do you wanna do all this stuff in advertising? and make it do it differently
1: honestly mate i think i don't know what it is but uh, i think since being a young a young lad and i've managed to i've managed to have to kind of impose this this kind of this this view this curse onto my uh, onto my girlfriend as well i i've watched tv ads and i used to watch them and get really pissed off how shit they were and I used to walk. I used to walk down the street and look at billboards and I think, "Who the fuck has written that?" Yeah. Like, 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 who, who, who thought that was a good idea, or who thought that was interesting, or who thought that was funny, or who thought that's going to touch their target? And it's weird because I've, all, I've always done it. I've always got pissed off at advertising. And then when I got, I've always wanted to be a writer since I grew up. You know, other people wanted to be bin men. It's a bit weird. And the other people wanted to be firemen. You, know, you know, fire, fire people. Is it called fire people nowadays? I don't know. Fire human. By yeah. yeah. humans and, and and pilots and stuff. Like that. But I always wanted to be a writer and and I've kind of um, more of like a novelist. But I tried to be a novelist and I was I was shit at that. So I became like a diluted version of that and got into advertising.
0: At school, like when you were doing like let's do story time, were you good at that? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's probably the only thing I was good at at school. It's the only thing I, I had the attention span for. I think I used to piss my teachers off because I'm not, naturally, um, you know, anti-establishment, anti-authority. And so I, I'd, I'd kind of take the brief and do my own version of it. It'd make all yeah. the class laugh. Yeah. But they wouldn't be very happy with it. But it'd be good writing. And that's one thing I always uh, they always said, and and you know it was the only thing I ever did okay at. And I've always written. My mum was uh, my mum used to write poetry regularly. You know, when when she died, we found in the loft books and books and books of poems that she'd written over the years and stuff. So it kind of comes from her a little bit.
0: Yeah, that see that that's amazing.
1: You know, was it that you were good at
0: it that made you want to do it more, or was it something you just were born you were born writer, right? Often, because, you know, if we're talking about purpose, it's like my purpose was to be, or I wanted to be a writer when I grew up and then couldn't do novels, so I ended up in advertising. And then my purpose has been, you know, to do the adverts that other people wouldn't do to tell a truthful message. Because, like you, know, I spent my childhood, I, you know, and then still now, so many ads, I just hate them. I think they're so shit or so bland. That's why I love what you were doing, because it was like, finally, someone's telling the truth. And treat yeah. the consumer, the viewer, the listener with the respect that they can work out the message, right? And so it's it's really interesting that ultimately, if, and you and exactly what you said when you saw the offended new branding today, it's so much better set up for the corporate clients. It can win because it's done the hard yards of maybe doing the the you know the edgy stuff. But actually, it will benefit the wider advertising community because it's still going to be at the edgy end of the corporate guys. Yeah. And massive props and respect to you for saying, well, look, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Your new gig,
1: Middle Finger yeah. Club. Yeah. So that's,
0: uh, is that going to stick back to your roots? You've got a co-founder, haven't you?
1: Uh, no, no, no. So I haven't got a co-founder. I've just got... Um... I got I got uh, a, a a good uh, good man. I say a good friend of mine. I've never actually met him either, but I've not, I've known him for years on LinkedIn. He's a he's a genius in uh, branding and stuff. And I'll, I I gave it to Dave Officer to do. He's a great thing. Yeah, you're the, other, great. the, the other guy who, who's my DJ mate who helps me do all the tracks, the AI tracks and things. Oh, he's not interested in being my co-founder, mate. He goes off to California DJing for Ellie Sachs and stuff. This guy. So he's he's just. I think he just pities me. But we've been mates since we were in high school. So. No middle finger club's just me. Whether it'll grow past me, I don't, I, I'm not sure yet, mate. I've, I've, I've got to that point where now, even without launching and telling people what it is, I've got, I'm already, I've already got enough through the door that I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be earning more yeah. than I was earning as a director at Offended. Is the reality of it, and and, and it's also only work that I want to do because when people come to Offended and they deal with someone else who's a bit nicer to them, they they take liberties a bit more. Um, when people come directly to me for some reason that that it tends to be the sort of work that I'd want to do. So, I kind of de- I'd describe Middle Finger Club as kind of it's almost like offended without a condom. It's the it's the things I want to do. It it's also kind of looking into into the future and what what advertising is going to be like in the future as well and what how we use AI. Not like most of the fucking gimps that are using it on on social media are using AI. Oh, look at these pretty images at AI. I mean, it's fucking shit. You know, if you're not creative, yeah. AI ain't going to save you. And and, and it's kind of how do we, how do we use it to to do stupid stuff to take the you know how how do I use it to take the piss out of people. The the, the possibilities now are endless. You know, I I did a billboard campaign for a company in Canada. It was like an insurance company. And there's something called death and dismemberment insurance. I've never heard of it. It Turns out you're probably supposed to have it as a business, especially if you take your employees out and about. Did this billboard uh, using AI, which was like um, a redwood forest with a load of uh, suited employees running through it. And this bear running after them, tearing limbs off. And then it says corporate retreat should have got death and dismemberment insurance, right? But had I wanted to do that billboard, you know, a, a few years back, I'd have had to get a load of actors. I'd have had to get, you know, a crew over to uh, to Canada or find somewhere that looks like Canada. And then I'd have, I'd have to hire a fucking trained bear, right? Yeah. And the possibilities are massive now, but the, what, what people are missing is it? it's... We're entering a world now where people used to say, uh, it's not everyone's got ideas, but it's about the execution. I, I always say that's fucking bollocks because most people, most people have shit ideas. Ideas is, is a skill, right? AI has proven that to be bollocks now because when we can all execute, which we will be able to do very soon, at the same level at the click of a button, the only thing that yeah. matters is the idea.
0: Yeah. I, ideas, I mean, ideas always look easy from the outside because you're not at the idea. Like, I really value thinking time, and I come up with my best ideas once I've got into like, thinking space. Like I meditate as well to help yeah. balance my mental health with the craziness of the world and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. You, you obviously come up with loads of ideas. So some of them are good, some of them are shit. The key lots is being lots of them are shit, but they, they can start yeah. off shit and then share them with someone else who can greenhouse yeah. and actually turn them into something good. The problem is coming up with ideas, and that's the same mm. problem every single business has in the world. Is you, yeah. If you've not got people who can come up with ideas, and we yeah. certainly don't particularly drive this behavior in education and schools, like being a creative you know, being an ideas person, coming up with a wacky idea, like you know, you're saying or oh, you change the brief, come up with your own idea and make people laugh. Those yeah. are skills that we should be encouraging in, in schools to get on.
1: Yeah. Well it is a skill. It is a skill. That's the thing. It's it's having ideas is a skill and it's a skill that you have to develop. It's a skill that if you if you've not practiced it enough, and you don't practice it daily, you're gonna be shit at it like anything else. And it's it's I think more and more particularly creative organizations, people who need that level of thinking, they need to be bringing people in who are ideas people. That's a job. People don't realize yeah. it's a job. It's a job. It's yeah. a, and in fact, it's a really important job. It's probably one of the most important jobs that people miss. Where do
0: you get your ideas from, then? What's your best get smashed?
1: Yeah, I mean, some some sometimes it's sometimes when I'm drunk. Sometimes yeah. it's on the toilet. It's always yeah. you know. I read a, I read a book, an interesting book. I can't remember who it's by. I can't remember the title. So that's fucking useless, isn't it? But it's uh, it's about ideas and he and he. Um, he shows a study that scientifically proved that ideas aren't aha moments like everyone thinks they are right because that would mean anyone can come up with a brilliant idea at any time it's just fucking nonsense it proved that ideas are actually a product of um of our experiences number one the things we've learned in our lives they're um and they're a product of the things that we store our memories all sorts of different things and it is those those things the lessons we've learned the experiences that it's those things that are kind of hanging around in our subconscious that when we have downtime, the reason you have decent ideas on the bog or in the shower or a dog walk or whatever you, you're doing is because that's your downtime. It's it, those times are times where you don't really have to think about anything else. So that's yeah. the time your subconscious kicks in and, and suddenly all those experiences and lessons and things come together and it pops into your head. It's not actually an aha moment, it's your experiences. That's why, that's why kids have shit ideas. No <laughs> they
0: haven't got any perspective. But well, they, the, what they don't do, like I've, I've got twins, they're like six, so they yeah. will come up, they won't fail to come up with ideas. I think too many people as well, like if you had 20 ideas in a row that were shite, you, most people would give up. And it's like, you know, the whole purpose or the whole point, sorry, of this is to keep going and come up with something else because you don't know. And, and the point you were saying about, you know, people who've come up with a shit idea will be, in advertising particularly but all aspects of marketing would blame the execution because it's the obvious one it's like you know retail is blaming or sales right and it is fascinating that ai levels the playing field on execution because it's going to focus us all on ideas even more so how like comedy in marketing for me that's the most important thing if i feel like i'm getting an inside joke, or the joke is for me, or the joke appeals to my sense of humor. I think that builds huge brand engagement and, and following. How important is comedy in marketing?
1: I think it's massive, mate. I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it's the, the the best tool to lower in an audience's guard. Most importantly, I think yeah. it's the easiest way to create a connection with people you don't know, you haven't got trust with yet. Making people laugh is, is is incredibly powerful, right? And if brands are able to do that, then then well, you've, you've seen some of the biggest brands that that do it well um, and have success in doing it. And and I think people people are really scared of it. I remember when I first started, and I, and everything I was doing was just taking a piss out of people and things and all the rest. of I'm somebody saying quite a few people were saying to me actually, you're never gonna. You're never going to get to the point where you know you you, you make money off this properly, or you're never going to make, work to the point where you have, you have big brands coming to you. You're never going to get to the point where you're working with clients internationally because it's it's a different sense of humor. They won't get you. And actually, that's all just fucking nonsense. That's just what people have been. Someone else has said it to them. So they say it to other people, and other people say it to people. It's just a fucking, it's just Chinese whispers. And it's all bollocks. On the, on the last one, the particularly the international one, I've had clients all over the, all over the world, and I've done, you know, and they've come to me for the, because of the comedy. Now I'm a Northern lad from Manchester. Most of my jokes are are pretty Northern Mancunian style humor. Right. And, and, and people uh, in America, people in Australia, people, you know, all over the place, people in Holland, I had clients in Holland for, for, for quite a while. And they all got the same sense of humor because we live now in, we live in an era where it's not the same. It's not your sense of humor and your culture isn't just, just within these boundaries. It's, it's, we have the Internet, we see more of other countries, we see more of other, of other humor. We now watch foreign films on Netflix. People, people get each other's sense of humor a lot more and understand things a lot more than they used to. And, and it's the same with big brands, like big brands are just people, you know so like I said, as long as I'm not doing anything that's horrendously bad, but it, but, but the big brands coming to me as well. It, it, was, it was they're all people, they all get it, and I've always had a, a certain rules around my humor. I, I only have a punch up number one. So I only—I never tread on the underdog. I always back the underdog. I, you know, I come from an, an underdog background myself. I, I, you know, I come from a working class background where I hang around with a lot of uh, underdogs as well, and and kind of punching up and taking the piss out of the big boys is just what we do. It's, it's part of my my culture where I come from. But if you do that as well, people never really get the backs up too much about it. If I take the piss out of politicians in advertising, who gives a shit? Nobody likes them. So, so there's a way of doing it. And I think you, I do, you know, it's a, it's a roundabout way of answering your question, but I do think humour is possibly the most important tool in advertising, and I think it's a tool that people don't 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 use well enough. There's not it, we've got a lack of it nowadays. I
0: think it's it, oh yeah, I agreed.
1: It's it's just very
0: very difficult to get it right, and when you look at the language you use, like you know, if you think of you know the Theresa May CV thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't,
0: probably most things. is it's a very clever language. So it's 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 the copywriting of the sort of you know banter, piss-taking thing, but in a safe way to a a, a target that deserves to get a bit of a pasting. So. People feel like they're your mate because you're you're giving them that comedy. I think the reason it's not used is because it's really, really fucking difficult. Really difficult. And you can see when people get it wrong and they, the worst type of ads are the ones where they think they're being funny and they're not. And I often wonder, do other people think that's funny, or does everyone realise it's, you know, they've got it wrong? And I don't know because I imagine some of the things when you talk about like the adverts that get made, the adverts that get repeated time and time again, that are obviously effective. But I absolutely detest. There's the the one. Yeah, my my wife can't stand it, but the the Haribo one where the kids are talking like adults.
1: Oh no, sorry, the adults
0: are kids' voices, and it's like I think that advert is one of the most offensive adverts I've ever seen, (laughs) and i detest it but it's on constantly yeah. it really is it's been around for about four years yeah. it's working therefore are you just mm. being an advertising snob because you're like well it's not for me but it works for mm. people and therefore yeah. your company style is about exactly as you say finding your niche but if your niche yeah. is across the world it can be it can be a
1: big niche yeah definitely i think it's um see i i, I do that but i always say to people who slag off you know because I slag off adverts because I don't like them or think the shit, but but the reality is is I'm not right either. Uh, it's just a subjective viewpoint. I, I don't know how well the advert's doing because the whole purpose of advertising on marketing is, is is to get results, right? And I don't know the re- what the results were. It could have been the shittiest advert on 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 Earth, but if they keep repeating it, it's probably working. But the other tool that's really valuable that another thing that people are shit at and we're losing a little bit, I think, as well. And it kind of had its glory days with uh, you know with like. Compare the market and fucking what was that that big uh, opera singer one? What yeah, go, like, go compare, go compare. But we, we went we went through a period of time in advertising where people rather than use it was like kind of a cross between humour and trying to really piss people off. and overtake people. That's a really valuable tool in marketing as well. Like if you've got um. I used to get uh, clients to, to kind of identify not only their target audience, but their target kind of enemy as well. Yeah. Right? Because I, I think that's really valuable. Who, who, who are the people who you don't mind pissing off who are definitely never going to buy off you, who you don't want to buy off you anyway, uh, and you couldn't give a fuck about? Because if you target those people, right, and you you get them up in arms, that does just as much for your advertising and your content as anything else. If it gets as far as getting so many complaints that the ASA take it down, we all know what happens when the ASA take it down. They're doing us a favour. I'm pretty sure there's people putting money in the, in the back pocket of the ASA for adverts aren't really that offensive because they get them taken down everyone talks about them. It's, it's a strategy, right? And, and, I, and I, think there's, I think there's something in it. Maybe that, maybe that's what middle finger Club should be. I'm just going to do things that piss everyone off. I'm going to write little jingles that wind people up.
0: Yeah, but I think, but I think that's exactly what it is. Like, you know, we're obviously this is about purpose. And I've always been, you know, with the guests that come on, it's trying to like, you know, I can say to you, what's your purpose? That's a question on the list, right? Yeah. Um, but you, you know, most people, you know, unless you spend time really thinking about it, it's like, well, I've got personal purposes, business, blah, blah, blah. But then when you talk to people on this, it's like your, your purpose is, you know, about, in my opinion, you know, Coming up with ideas to tell the truth in a funny way, to make people laugh, which makes them happy, therefore job done. And I think that's a wonderful you know, position to be in within advertising because I just don't believe there's many people that work in advertising today who would have anything like that sort of purpose. Their purpose is to grow awareness or engagement or penetration or something. and it loses its edge and that's why you know i believe your new venture will be successful because it's doing what you
1: you believe in right with people you believe in right yeah exactly that mate and i I hope i hope it is i hope it is i mean i got through probably the greatest gig ever just off 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 the back of launching this somebody just contacted me saying he's still doing advertising don't know what middle finger club is but I said, yeah, yeah, I'm studying all the time. so and I've ended up working on a, a, a new TV ad campaign for um, that's that's going out on Sky. So I'm buzzing about that. I'm not going to say too much about it, but the adverts, the adverts that I was given, the, the the brief was this, mate: piss off the council. Thought, right, that's right on my street, mate. Don't you, don't you worry? <laughs> yeah, so mate, it's a dream job. Yeah, uh, look out for it. I'm uh, I'm going to be winding up some councils because I fucking hate Manchester council, mate. Hate them. Hate yeah. Them.
0: Yeah, councils are tricky to work with. They're our landlord once and it's just yeah. because it's so one sided the relationship. Like some of the yeah. you know, things you've you've done. But again, that's you know, if we talk about the content you produce on LinkedIn isn't necessarily, you know, uh, campaigns, but it's you know, it's you're a man of the people, right? You're saying the things like the the, the one where you're phoning up the council, I think you've even drawn You've drawn all the characters. It's yeah. like, that's what I want to do. That's why, again, was like, I want to speak to you. So it's like, I'd like to do that, but I don't have the balls. So I'm like, okay, I, right. I just accept it like everyone else. But you will stand up and fight those things, right? Yeah. And that's what I think, again, gravitates people towards you, which is why you will, you know, whatever you're doing, attract the right sort of person that's going to want to work with you. And that's the privilege of doing your own thing, yeah. usually you work with. You know, you don't want to work yeah. with the big courts who are going to change and... Damage
1: you, what your purpose is, yeah. so you can work with them if you can afford it, of course, and still pay exactly it. that, mate. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we will see whether I can. The uh, that that you, you're completely right, and I think that you probably have hit my purpose on the head there because, like I said before, it's not it's not about the money for me, but it is about not not even necessarily just changing advertising. You know, it it is about poking fun at at, at certain issues. There's, there's certain things that I'm very passionate about that I think need. A lot of reform. I need that platform to be able to do that. And if I'm doing, if I'm sat, you know, I might be a multi-millionaire sat doing ads for, you know, the fucking co-op and Nat West and things like that. But I'll be fucking miserable, mate. I'll be miserable. When I can only slag off Boris Johnson behind closed doors to my missus, I'll be miserable. <laughs> I'd love,
0: I'd love to see a Nat West campaign. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, it'd be truthful, right? Yeah. Um, does does swearing make you more honest?
1: Actually, I I don't know. I, I don't I don't do this. I don't swear because I'm trying to get a rise out of people. I've always I tell I tell you what I used to do. I used to try to not swear. So I spent so many years being uh, the, trying to be the person that other people wanted me to be, uh, yeah. and trying not to swear, and you know, and trying my best to dress smartly, turn up to meetings, and. And, and not say the things that I shouldn't be saying or, or shouldn't be saying. And honestly, mate, I was, I was fucking miserable. My, my my mental health declined massively. I was I was I was in a really a really bad spot. And I think my life started to get a hell of a lot better when I started saying fuck a lot more, just openly, like not being asked about it. And even even now, it's it's gone all the way to my dra- like my missus cringes at, at me because she'll be like, "Are you not going to dress up smart for that meeting?" And trust me, mate, if I put a polo shirt and jeans on. I call that my tuxie, though, yeah. But,
0: you know, it just comes back to being your, you know, being authentic and who you are. Like, yeah. you know, I, swearing for me, I, fuck is the best word in the English language. You yeah. think of the different meanings of it. It covers absolutely everything, yeah. you know, and and it's a really valuable word. And when you're sort of more stressed, I can swear more in the right environment, swear more. there are studies, lots of studies, don't know where they are now, but i researched them from my book, which proved that, you know, swearing, it, People who swear are more honest, and for me that's okay. Well, that I'll, I'll cling to that and use that as my thing. But if you were in a position where you know you're dressed in a, a suit and not swearing because you might offend people, you're not an honest person because you're literally lying about who you are, which is a terrible way to live your life and something that right, so many of us struggle to do to try and fit in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you know, I'm, I'm glad you tried it, but I'm glad you,
1: you avoided it. Yeah, mate. It was yeah, it was hell. It was hell, and I just. And I, I, I get kind of up in arms about people who I get I get a lot of people on um you know online telling me that I shouldn't be swearing. When I did that campaign saying uh you know, if you apply for this position and we uh, and you shit, we won't hire you. When I did that and uh, put those things out, there was a lot of people saying, you know, this bang out of order, there's there's a reason uh, you can't use swear words in advertising. What if I'm walking down the street with my kids? And I thought, to be honest, I don't think that's a lesson we sh- we should be teaching. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe maybe don't get them saying the word cunt in school and calling a teacher a cunt, but there's 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 a lesson here here for kids because there's a lot there's a lot bigger things, especially nowadays, that that we should be teaching kids about in terms of respect, in terms of diversity, um, in terms of how to treat their peers and how to support their peers properly and the the types of things they should be campaigning for, um yeah. uh, and that sort of thing. Whereas words, to me, and it's always been it's always been the same. I mean, I say it's my mum fucking hates wearing, but, but she used to get up in arms. I think um, the worst, word she used to use is uh, is Jesus wept. I think she was the worst. That was when she was really pissed off. But uh, which is weird because she came from a really rough council estate. You know, for me, words are no different than than other words. Right? There's no difference between fucking and having sex. It means the same thing. But what we've done over time is we always siphon off a group of words that we deem offensive. It's almost like human beings need to have some form of language that they, that they get offended at, right? So, but they're all made up of the same letters, the same morphemes, yeah. the same sounds as any other word, right? They're just they're just words. They mean you know to to have a shit means the same as to have a poo. It's the same thing. But why are we offended by shit and not poo? You know, it's just uh, it's nonsense. I, yeah it, it is bonkers and even the whole idea of
0: being offended by someone's language is sort of a choice it's like yeah particularly I mean, why would someone bother to go on a post that you've written say I'm offended by it it's like it just why bother spending the energy and I think you're right about yeah. the kids thing okay, and you know look my you know my dad taught me most of the words that I use, <laughs> and yet he, he always tells me when he listens to this right he'll be like yeah, you shouldn't have had all that swearing on there because he's like older now and he's different. The whole point of, you know, the kids thing is like, you know, look, most parents would have sworn in front of their kids when something really worthy of a swear word has happened. What we should be teaching the kids is sometimes you're going to swear or use language that, you know, because something's awful that's happened and it's explaining using it in context. You know, you've got to be careful of just using fuck every second word because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just you lose your message. But the right swearing at the right time really does make an impact. It makes the, the listener or the person sit up and take notice. So the same way swearing and, and you know offending people sits alongside comedy can actually be a very effective way of communicating. Exactly, right.
1: it's, it's a form of expression, mate. Is all it is. I have my, my, one of my best mates. Is he's uh, he looks like he looks like a smart price, Freddie Flintoff. Right. Big lad, six foot five, hands like shovels. He's got two kids, right? And he's he's the he's the most down to earth working class sort of bloke you ever meet, right? He's always looked after me since in, in high school. When I saw him in high school, I thought when I first walked onto the playground, I thought it was a 40-year-old in the playground. I thought, you know, someone nicking kids. So naturally we hit, hit, hit it right off as mates. But um he uh, he's got two kids, swears in front of him all the time. I mean, some of the stuff he calls them is ridiculous. But these but he teaches them the right lessons. He teaches them that 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 you know, um it doesn't matter about it's not what you say; it's how you say it. So, you, if you're using your words to attack someone, doesn't matter what you're saying, whether swear words or anything. That's what we don't do. Yeah. If you're using the word "fuck" because you stub your toe, yeah, or because you're passionate about something, it's a different story. And, and these kids, honestly, have grown up to be the most, the boldest, most confident, funniest, lovely kids with loads of mates. Yeah, and honestly, but that 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 parenting handbook there would never have been handed out. Would it? It would yeah. never have been the playbook for any 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 parenting style, and yet, and yet it works.
0: But it's the biggest irony of of kids, right? We were all kids. Whatever you weren't allowed, whether it was sweets or swearing, you know, yeah. they're going to get hold of them somehow, right? You, you know, yeah. so you've got to. I just. I don't know if you're going to sound stupid, treat them like adults a bit more and explain to them what about swearing. Like drugs is another one. As a parent, everyone's terrified about drugs and blah, blah, blah. But you can't be able to talk to them at some point about what, you know, why drugs exist, what the, what, why, you know, these sort of, uh, you know, why people take them, what's going on with them. You've got to treat them a bit more like an adult to explain these sort of situations. Same with drinking. It's like, why do people drink why do people get pissed you know at some point that's a conversation with a kid right
1: Yeah, it is.
0: anyway anyway (laughs) um (laughs) i knew i I have questions right typical questions i have for this podcast and they're all like things stuff like that but i didn't really thought we'd get through much of that today um a a little bit more you you still got any war bomb in the garage is that still Um,
1: no, so a mate of mine sent me a sent me a picture. He fa- he found some in his um in his uh he found the bath soak that I'd done. There was the second thing that came out was war 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 bomb gun soak. I mean, why I was going round, why I was going round boxing gyms, going there, uh, want to soak your guns, lads. I mean, get what the f- what am I doing? <laughs> <What> <laughs> yeah, it's the it's I love. I love the. I love
0: the post you did about all your failed businesses because, yeah, yeah. again, it's something that kids need to understand: is you're going to fail over and over and over, and the key is never ever ever give up, right? Exactly. But too many of us give up because it's too hard. You're building that resilience.
1: Yeah, I think that's the secret to success, mate. I think because other people say, "Oh, it's about failing. You have got to fail." You know, there's a lot of lot of people t- t- uh, selling that narrative now. It's all about failures and fuck ups, right? But I think it's not necessarily about the fuck ups. It's about it's about three things. It's about fucking up as much as you can because everybody does it. That's you know. It's about the resilience. It's about keeping going despite fucking up. And it's also about learning from those fuck ups, which I don't think a lot of people talk about. You can't just fuck up and then think, oh, I fucked up, and then go and fuck up again. This was why my past was so checkered. I didn't realise the bit about lessons, <laughs> so I just kept going into stu- and doing more and more stupid stuff. It's only recently that I've gone. Oh, hang on, when I fuck up, if I sit there and learn from it, then uh, that, that, that's where I benefit, right?
0: Yeah, you, you're gaining the resilience points just by going through it. But yeah, actually thinking about why it went wrong. And if you're going back to what you thought at the start and what you think now about a project like that, that's the lesson, right? The other thing is just fucking up quickly like and being and not being afraid to admit you've fucked up and therefore change direction. Like, too many people hold on to making a decision, oh, I don't know, maybe black, maybe white, whatever, But, you know, if you can make a decision and it's the wrong one, you can fix that quickly and you've got to recognize that. So these are all sort of skills that I think when you start and run a business and then scale it, you're forced into learning them anyway. Like, you know, once offended hit its growth, you know, its, you know, position where it's an established business and it's not going away. You have no choice. You have to learn and you have to fuck up quickly and learn from it and move on because you don't have any other choice at that point. You've got too many dependents on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, employees, eh, mate? Bloody employees. We got a question from a listener. Actually,
0: did you leave offended because Dean Tranter is better than you at marketing? It says here.
1: No, he's just got a better haircut than me. Okay, that's the way it was. Has, yeah, yeah, and he's and his uncle's about. His uncle looks like like a fifty odd. is he, See, I'm going to offend him here with his age. He's fifty odd, fifty odd year old Dean, right? And they look, uh, they look very similar, but he still has the same thickness, the same hair, push hairstyle. I thought, fuck this. Fuck this. My dad's my dad's gone thin. I'm not Good getting deal. to 40 and being being in business with Dean and going bald or dealing with that shit. Last question. What's your favourite biscuit and why? You know what? I'm not a big not a big biscuit fan. Not a big biscuit fan. I, I mean, I'll tell you what i tell you what, I like a cheese board though. So probably a Ritz cracker. I like a Ritz cracker, I like a bit of blue cheese, what you wanna do, you wanna put some you wanna you wanna layer it with some salami, you wanna slap a bit of blue cheese on top, smooth that down with your knife. And then you want to get some Branson pickle on that, not too much though, or some chili jam. Smash that in all in one though. Don't be nibbling it. That's what that's what posh people do. You get that in one. The, yeah. Kel- the
0: Kelso snack
1: snack zone. Yeah. Um, I a cooking channel. Yeah. <laughs> I really cook, but I got a go.
0: Mate, thank you very much for coming on. Why did you say yes anyway? Like I was just
1: some random. Yeah, I, 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 I see your stuff all the time. I, I always, I always. I always stalk other uh, agency owners. So without sounding weird, i was, I was stalked you for a while. And, I, and I've stalked the likes of you, um, you know, the likes of Paul Meller, the likes of Jane. What's her name? I always forget. You might know her. Um, I've been on a sports room, been on a podcast ages ago. But there's, there's, I like watching how other people do things and the difference. And, and, and one thing I've always noticed about you is is your team and your culture. And, and how much you put your team first and that's what that kind of bleeds through a lot and I, I kind of tried to do that a little bit with offended and make everyone feel as though they were valued and stuff and sometimes we didn't get it right I think I think one of the biggest learning curves I think when we were at offended was um was getting the fucking get was the culture thing and making staff happy I mean we thought if we just acted the way we acted in and what we wanted to see then that would make a good culture and actually that's not the case because you get loads of different people in and it's quite a diverse team and you know, we've got people from all sorts of different necks of the woods and places and in, in backgrounds and stuff, and, and even countries. That doesn't necessarily work because me and Dean thinking that, oh, we, we'll put a bar in and on a Friday night we'll, we'll get pissed and play some silly games and whatever. Um, actually, that doesn't really gel with everybody. It's not of interest no. to everybody either. And it's it that's a learning curve as a business owner. How do you create a culture that uh, encompasses kind of all the, you know, something for everybody? And I think you've done that well, mate. I uh, think really well.
0: Massively appreciate that, thank you. Yeah, it's tricky. Culture is a tricky one, but you know you're you're back on it now, and you can set your culture from the start, right? So it can all be in your image. Yeah, look, thank you very much for joining um today. It's been brilliant, and uh, it's just everything I wanted it to be. Lots of swearing, lots of laughing, but actually a really good purpose story about what you stand for and why yeah. you're so determined to stick to it, right? Because that's what you've done. You're yeah. following what you believe in.
1: Yeah, it's been brilliant brilliant
0: at the true purpose podcast we're building a community of purpose-led leaders we want to be part of the revolution to a true purpose-led economy through inspiring every professional to be more purposey it's going to take us years maybe decades but change is coming thank you very much cheers